your word which has come to us. We thank you, Lord, that even as you expounded scriptures to men, that your hearts burned within them. Lord, your words will burn within us as we are enlightened. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, so God bless you for being here tonight. You know, in times like this, the word of God is scarce. It's true. The word of God is very scarce. And when I say the word of God, I mean the honored or treated word of God. And many men are saying many different things, but the issue is not about you hearing things, but hearing what God wants you to hear. So we go to so many places and we want things that appeal to us instead of what God wants us to know in a certain season. And I pray for you tonight that God will deliver you from that error. That God will deliver you from that error. In Jesus' name. Um, let's look at the book of Numbers. I, uh, we... So I'm sure you know that we have our next mission event very soon. Very soon is December, but we've decided to start praying earlier, start preparation earlier this time, okay? And uh, by God's grace, now let me sound the question. You do not need to wait for me to enter the meeting before you decide to stay, okay? You, you don't need to do that. Don't, don't do it, okay? Don't do it for your own good. Everyone who is going to minister to you, anyone who's going to lead prayers, so you don't want to pray. You want to listen to Revelation so that you can go and tell people that, yes, you know this. Or you can That's why the Bible says knowledge perfect up. So if your mind is here for Revelation, not to have a full participation of what is happening, know that you will be cast away later on. You understand? Anyway, uh, God will help us. The book of Numbers, chapter 13. So um, someone should Said from Numbers chapter 13, uh, where, 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 verse 30 to 33. Can I have someone send Numbers chapter 13, 30 to 33? Yes, and then Numbers chapter 14. Another person she said Numbers chapter 14 from verse 1 to uh, verse 11. Okay. From verse 1 to verse 11. Please let's let's be fast on that so that we can go to what we have for tonight. Because this is not what I want to talk about tonight. I okay. Please, you've not said the verse 13. So uh you not said chapter 13, one. Okay, good. Thank you, PK. Chapter 13, verse 30 to 33. It says that and Caleb or Caleb, however you're going to mention it, still. Oh, what is this? Please, it's okay. No, I should send anything again. I beg you. <laughs> Let me just uh, steal one thing. Okay. Okay, so, and Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we, we, we are well able to overcome it. Now, um, when we look at the issue of surveying, now the reason I'm bringing this up is because we are going to make a survey on the land. We, we don't just go for missions. We survey the land. We get to know that uh, this is how the land is. This is the condition of the land. We want to know the weaknesses, the advantages, everything that we have on our side, every preparation we need to make, okay? 
And God willing, on Tuesday, um, three of our ladies will be going to do the survey. If I did the survey for the last time for my missions, okay. So they will be going to the field, and it won't just be Tuesday. Probably they'll go there a few more times before uh, we get to time for missions, okay. So this is where the concept of surveying stems from. It's biblical, okay. We go to search the land, just as Moses and the whole Israelite congregation sent um, Joshua, Caleb, and 10 other men. Okay, so 12 men were chosen, and they were told to go and search through the land of Canaan, and then bring back a report on the land. Okay, so from Numbers chapter 13, 30 to 33, we see that uh, they had come back, and when they came back, Caleb still the people, okay? Caleb still the people. That means they were maybe uh, making noise at that time. Maybe they were agitated or something, okay? Um, in, in fact, I think I'll read from verse 25. So it says, and they returned from searching the land after 40 days. They went to search the land 40 days. And, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron, and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them. Okay, so we expect that during the survey, a word is brought back to whoever sent you. Okay, so these people went to do their survey and brought back word and unto the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now the children of Anak were giants, okay? So when you see the children of Anak, you should know they are talking about giants. Please, whoever is texting, I don't know what you are sending, but let's not send anything again, okay? So, and and so they saw the children of Anak in the land. And then 29 says that the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. So this is their report. They are making a report of what they're going to see. Then we find someone like Caleb in verse 30. He still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now we are not sending the people there because we want to see if we are able to overcome. Okay, this is what we must understand. People go on surveying and they go to survey the land and they are saying, Oh, how this place is there, we shouldn't go there. No, that's not the reason for the survey. That's not that's not the reason for the survey. But there is a need for us to make an estimation. There's a need for us to make an estimation to understand our tactics in dealing with whatever issues we have to deal with in that land. Okay. So 31 says, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we. And they brought an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which 
we have gone to search it. It's a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. <laughs> that is a, an interesting statement. Please, I don't know if the people who are supposed to go, you see, the people who are supposed to go for the survey, they are not here. Only one, I can only see one person here. You. He says, the land eateth us up. I realized that last year, during my mission, the only we we were looking more on the bad re, uh, reports. I had a dream that this, I had a dream that that, and everyone was being put in fear. And the prophet says this, and this one says that. And someone says we'll go, but many will come back hurt. Uh, and no, we are not looking for a bad result. Uh, re reports that is not the reason for our survey and we should know that our survey is not just a physical survey we do spiritual surveys and physical service you understand so we continue it says they brought an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of israel saying the land which we are going to search it it is a land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it were men of great stature and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Remember, they were in their own sight. <laughs> this is a deep statement. He says, we are in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. A lot of times, the, 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 the mindset we decide to have about ourselves is what is likely that people will see see that scripture it says we were in our own sight as grasshoppers if they had seen themselves in their own sight as mighty men probably they would not have that mindset that the people will see them as uh grasshoppers they will see that the people will see them as people to be feared do you understand so when we are going there i'm making laid emphasis on this because of certain things arise from last year's mission we are addressing some at a point where addressing things as if we are afraid as if the land is so scary as if um uh, we know that there are the there is juju there there's whatever there and then we were over emphasizing on those things even uh instead of looking at our strength by the spirit of god and the mandates that has been bestowed on us do you understand so um we go to chapter 14 and uh i'm reading so it says and the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night okay so because of the verdicts that had come by the people who were sent to make the survey the whole congregation lifted their up their voice and they cried and the people wept at night so you should understand how crucial this matter is um, for you guys who are going to be on the field earlier, earlier than us. Okay, you should understand how crucial this matter is. We are not sending you out to the field to go and look at the things and come and tell us the negatives, negatives, negatives. Because you, you know, when you continue, you see something interesting that um, uh, Joshua and Caleb exclaimed. Now I'm reading verse three saying, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God, would God, okay, that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God 
had died in the wilderness. And wherefore had God, the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword. So they are saying, why didn't God let us die in Egypt? Why didn't God let us die in the wilderness? And wherefore had God brought us? Why has he brought us here? To fall by the sword. That our wives and our children should be praying. Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. In fact, last year, or the last missions, when I, I, I was giving a report that, uh, about dwarves and all those things and a, a lot of weird things, I, I almost started elevating, hey, God, this place I send me, I don't want trouble because I'm leading you and at the end we'll go and we'll find out, hey, this is what happened. And they'll say, oh, some people had to do mission work and now it'll be car river. Someone, someone got stuck in the river. Someone, something happened to this person. You understand? And then Moses and Aaron fell on their face before the whole assembly and the congregation of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephani, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. They rent their clothes. That's Joshua and Caleb. And they speak unto all the company of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is exceeding good land. It's an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land. So we know that when we are going for missions or we are going to do whatever we are doing. Now, the press is not because we are trying to get a victory. It is because we have the victory. Why? If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us to this land. So what is left is that we do our necessary labor. You understand? We, we engage our necessary labors. So he says that the land which we pass through to search it is a good, is, is an exceeding good land. And if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. A land which floweth with milk and honey. This is why we make all the preparation we make beforehand. This is why we are doing all these things we are doing, the prayers. We'll be praying a lot. We'll be praying a lot. We'll be going to the field. Some of you might be sent to the field. Go ahead and send this. Go ahead and send this. Go ahead and do a physical survey. We'll do spiritual surveys and all that. But we should note that I want you people to have this posture. There is nothing greater than us. Once God has delight in us, he gives us the land he has promised us. You understand? So whatever we are going to do there, we are going in the victory of the Lord. Have this mindset. Have this posture. Some of you, you don't go to the field because you think, oh, uh, something bad can happen to you. I remember I was on the field sometime. Uh, we went to a Muslim community. We went to a Muslim community. And, you know, the missionaries I took, they didn't know that it was a Muslim community. So when we got there and I told them, this is a Muslim community, one girl began to cry. And she was so scared. She was so afraid. And I had to sit down with her, talk to her, talk to her. And then we moved out. We spoke to the first Muslim. He gave his life to Christ. Second person didn't give their life to Christ, but was quite receptive. And then she became uh, much more at ease and was able to, she, she told me she, she would go on her own. 
you understand she now she wanted to work on it on her own the place we are going to is a gar community it's a typical gar community and uh in the vision i had concerning the place i saw uh i saw you see when they are doing homo how they dress in their white whites and they wear some whiting on their hair and then they are wearing shoes they are barefooted yeah that is what i saw about it please and uh, apparently it's a, it's a very um typical deep girl community yes they go by girl practices and uh by god's grace i've been in that place before just a day i i i spent a day working around that site so i understand a few things i've seen a few things i've seen a few things yes but then this is not something that shakes us because we know when we go we spoil there everywhere the sons of god goes everything falls into place for us why because we are going to that land based where which god has given us now this should be our posture in addressing all other issues in life we don't go because we think we are well able or we think we are ready no we go because there is a word that has mandated us to go in that direction nevertheless there is a need to prepare but it's not based on your preparation it's based on the grace of god and based on the verdict of god he says go by virtue of that word which has come it should put you in such a posture that you will prepare adequately for what god wants you to do we send into the field yes want to pray i remember last year uh, one of the girls had an experience when they went to Mahia and came back people started having dreams people started having certain attacks and stuff one girl woke up in the middle of the night and her room was shaking yes yes but we want to pray and usher them and formally and this is a formal um message to you that we are going to have our missions soon and you should also bring your mind to the fact that you need to prepare in every way you have to prepare physically spiritually uh emotionally financially whatever it is i last year we had a short notice and a lot of people wanted to do much to uh support missions but you couldn't do it so you have that opportunity to do that now because we are giving about a three or four months span you understand so set your targets whatever you want to do you begin to work on that but yes so this is a formal um how, how will i say it i am formally informing you about our 2021 missions we've done 2021 already right but we are doing the second part of 2021 uh missions god willing will be there for some days and we'll see what the lord will do lift up your voice just begin to pray the holy ghost you can unmute yourself we are praying that we are praying for the people who we are going to send out on tuesday that the spirit of the lord will be with them that when they go they'll see things in the perspective of the lord and that they will come back bringing the reports that god wants Sorry, my, my network cut. As I was saying, as as I was saying, the 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 
the verdict or the what what these people came to tell the congregation was very crucial because it it sort of became an impediment okay it impeded what the movement of the israelites towards possessing the promised land they had this and now everyone is hesitant to move even as the lord has instructed they were hesitant to move and at the end of it all among that generation it was only joshua and caleb who entered the promised land why because there was a verdict that was given which sort of impeded which sort of became a, a blockade to them seeing what or to them having the vision of god actualized in their life you understand so we will pray for these people shortly uh we'll pray with these people that they will bring the verdict of the lord they will bring the verdict of the lord if at the on on on, on the goal those people had accepted the propositions of Joshua and Caleb, the next thing we should see was that they will all rise up as Israel to possess the land. But at the end of it all, that whole generation never saw that promised land. So we pray for them. Let them go and bring back the verdict of the Lord. They should bring back the, the speakings of the Lord, not what they observed, not just what they observed. Because I told you the survey is both physical and spiritual. So it's not just what they observe with their physical eyes, but let them, in spite of every situation, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the family, to the team, and then it will put us in that right posture towards mission. So you can unmute yourself and begin to pray. Mandalabadosh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so, so um, Prophet, may we pray for the people who will be doing the survey and who will be doing all other groundwork. Okay, so Prophet Lee. All right, so, um, all right, so I'm praying. Okay. Yeah, but before I pray, I would like to say God bless you for availing yourself uh, for this great task. Um, uh, the Lord will reward you. Okay, we are praying. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for an opportunity like this. We thank you for an opportunity to also um, contribute to the kingdom. I pray for these ones that even as they go, you grant them the spirit of wisdom in the name of the Lord Jesus. When they go, let them be discreet. Let them not miss any detail. Let them not miss anything. Uh, you yourself will guide them. You yourself will guard them. Order their step. Let them know where to be, where not to be, what to know, what not to know. Uh, I ask that you yourself will strengthen them. Any orchestration of the enemy be prevented in the name of the Lord Jesus. Any sort of accident be prevented in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray also that you yourself will strengthen them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that let them not miss anything. Let them not miss anything. Let them go in this their might and let them uh, do that which uh, they are supposed to do in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I believe we can begin for today. Oh, wow. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Oh, our God, we glorify your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Oh, our God, we glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So some days now, I'm going to speak shortly, very short. Uh, we've been dealing with the issue of fear, okay? We've been dealing with the issue of fear. I think after this session, I will look at fear on the negative side 
for um yeah i'll look after the negative side and then we'll move from this issue i think the rest of what you need to know the holy spirit is going to minister to you guys and you guys are going to lay by the word to know you understand i told you you are not here to be spoon fed you are here to be directed you are here to be guided you understand so as you are growing up it's not everything when when you're a baby we could give you everything raw feed you bath you and everything but as you are growing we expect that you become accountable on certain issues and you take responsibility in certain spheres okay so we are going back to that same topic of fear and over the past few days we've been able to establish how that fear is directly related to the issue of holy living and morality you understand fear is directly related to it and then uh we saw how fear is related to our posture that we have towards god um let's let someone should put on the page uh second kings chapter 17 verse 36 we want to look at fear in another perspective okay we want to look at fear in another perspective we can see that uh in association with fear we have anna we have reverence we have glory there's there's a lot of things oh by the way if you were not at today's meeting that we had at legon you should you should get the notes yes you should get the notes i'm not releasing recordings so those of you who don't come to class you think recording is available well, may god help us may god help us uh, today's teaching was very was very constructive very very constructive and uh we call it the spirit economy but since you are not around uh may god help you may god help you so well there are some people who genuinely couldn't make it so now i'm uh, sorry <laughs> so second Kings chapter 17 verse 36 it says that by the lord who brought you up out of the land of egypt with great power and an outstretched arm okay or a stretched out arm him shall you fear and him shall you worship and him shall ye do sacrifice okay and to him shall he do sacrifice so we are looking at fear and then we've seen that one thing related with fear is reverence and if we are looking at fear we cannot look at uh, we cannot take out the issue of worship okay we cannot take out the issue of worship it is also tied when we when we consider anna and we consider all those things there is a need to highlight on the issue of worship now you should note that all everything we are going to say there they are entangled okay everything we are going to say they are entangled in certain ways we we we, we are going to be going round 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 because all these issues actually come together to form one complete thought on fear okay so he says that the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and a straight out arm, him shall you fear, and him shall you worship, and him shall you do. Sorry, 
The devil wants to play games with my network. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll put you. Okay, so uh, from, from the verse we read, we can see that uh, when we consider fear, one essential thing we must look at is the issue of worship. And uh, there is a misconception about worship, which has made people think that worship is about singing songs. Uh, no, no. Worship is not about singing songs. We may sing songs and all that, but all those, all the songs form a part of worship. Okay, so it's important that you know that, and God is very delighted in worshipers. In fact, it, there, there are certain people God is delighted in. He's, he delights in someone whose heart is towards him. He delights in an intercessor. He's looking for an intercessor. He's also looking for worshipers. Okay, so the book of John, chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, tells us that. Uh, by the hour commit, and it says that, and that hour is now, okay, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Do you understand? So God is really seeking people to worship him, and his demand on worship is that we worship where? In spirit and where? In truth. Okay, and this is the reason. It is God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, you worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, this issue is uh, a very interesting issue. When we talk about uh, this verse, worshiping God in spirit and in truth, one thing we can look at is that we worship God apart from the flesh. We worship God apart from the flesh. So I think this is something important to note down. We worship God apart from the flesh. You understand? I don't say apart from the body. Remember, I've always told you, there is a difference between your body and flesh. When we look at flesh, we are looking at a nature, okay? We are looking at a nature, a nature, okay? So, that's why I'll tell you that, take good care of your body, but you modify the desires of your flesh, okay? And the desires of your flesh can find expression in your body all right, but that doesn't mean you destroy your body. You take knife and stab your, yourself or something. That is foolishness. Okay, so we worship God apart from the flesh. That means any man who tries to worship God on the pedestal of his flesh fails. I was telling the people today, the people came for the meeting today, that the transactions God is going to make with a man come on the basis of the spirit. That work on the basis of the flesh. Do you understand? It is the devil who will make propositions, who is going to make proposals on the pedestal of the flesh. But when you come to the things of God, no. He wants to interact with you. His first point of contact with you is the spirit. So he says what? God is spirit. By virtue of this, the people who worship him will worship in spirit and in truth. Do you understand? So God wants to interact with us. And this is the reason why he gave us a spirit that we can pick this wrong, that we can interact with him also. Okay, when I say apart from, I mean that you must worship and your worship must proceed from your spirit. Okay, your worship must proceed from your spirit. You must be able to tap into the economy that is domiciled in your spirit. And that is from where your worship will come from. Do you understand me? Okay, so we worship in spirit and truth. That means it must proceed from our spirit. And it must be in the spirit. I 
explained earlier on today that uh, I explained what being in the spirit is, and it's simply that we go beyond the boundaries of the flesh. You understand? We go beyond the boundaries of the flesh. It's it's, it's very interesting. Also, we must worship God, and the worship of God must have its basis in the word of God. Now, remember, we are dealing with worship because worship is the fear of God. You understand? When we look at worship, we are looking at the fear of God. We cannot look at the fear of God without looking at the issue of worship. Okay? So we worship God, and it must be on the basis of the word of God. So it says they worship what in spirit and in truth. What is true? The Bible says, sanctify as wife when my word is true. Do you understand? We have to look at it in two views. The first thing is the word of God is truth. And the next thing is that sincerity and transparency and honesty. So apart from having the word of God as the basis, men in their worship must be honest. Men in their worship must be sincere. Men in their worship must be transparent. I come to God bare as I am. And I'm presenting myself to him. I must be transparent. You see, there are some people, they are not honest. Even when we are taking up with singing songs, you know that you are singing the song, but you are just singing because people are singing. That is not a sincere form of music worship or worshiping the song. No, that's not a sincere form. You understand? So your 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 posture towards worship must be in honesty. It must be in transparency. It must be in sincerity. You must be candid about your worship. Uh, don't be like the people who they go and bow down before people and uh -huh. when when they meet some people and they say, hey, man of God, man of God, and they know in their hearts they despise you. They know in their heart they despise you. Unfortunately, there are many people who think they are true worshippers and they are telling lies. They think they are true worshippers because they cry during service. You see, as for crying, all of us can cry you. When you hear the music and the music is doing your akumachiches, you will cry. You understand? When 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 they are playing the lead guitar, they are playing. Do you know there are some chords that when they are striked on the uh, on the organ, it 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 can make you have an emotional feeling. Why do you think that when uh, uh, your roommates or those of you in university here, when your roommates decides to narrow you? He will start playing certain songs to set a certain atmosphere in the room so that when the girl comes, he can do things with the girl. Because they know that we understand the power of music. So, a lot of times, the thing people call true worship is that there has been an appeal to our flesh. And I told you that we don't worship in the flesh, we worship apart from the flesh. So, if the reason why you were crying is <laughs> it is because the music is jittering you. You are not worshipping in spirit. You are wasting your tears. You are wasting your tears. Notwithstanding, I'm not against crying during worship. You see, when you are worshipping God from your spirit, what God intends to find is that whatever economy that is in your spirit will find expression, will crystallize in every facet of your life. So in your natural world, whatever has found expression in your spirit should be able to crystallize your natural world. Do you understand? So I'm not against the issue of crying or wailing or whatever, but I want you to get the difference that a lot of people think they are worshiping the spirit, but it is the music, especially if you play local song. When you play the local song, now nah, that oh, they put your head, hand on your head, and they'll fall down, and that in the spirit by force. 
please. We have to do the really keen on these things, okay? So when you read the book of Mark chapter 7, verse 6 to 13, you see something interesting. Jesus was speaking to the hypocrites, okay? Uh, did I say him? He was speaking to the Pharisees. He was speaking to the Pharisees. Now, remember, I said that your worship to God, okay, must be in the word of God. It must be on the basis of the word of God. It must be in truth, okay? So, Mark 7, 6 to 13, it says that he answered and said unto them, well, had Esaias prophesied that's Esaias is Isaiah he had prophesied to you hypocrites as it is written the people address me with their lips but their heart is far from me and this is a condition of many people we honor God with our lips we can sing the song all my life you have been faithful and all those things we honor him with our lips a great God but our heart is far from him I, I pray for you tonight that when you speak to god when you allow god with your lips your heart will not be in hell i pray for you your heart will be in hell while you sing those praises on because a lot of people even the one leading the song he just came out of the bed of fornication his heart is far away from god but then because he has built skill because he has built intelligence in whatever he's doing he can sing and then you say wow this is a man of the presence of god Meanwhile, I've explained to you that a man of the presence is a man who fears the Lord. And a man who fears the Lord is a man that will depart from iniquity. The Bible says, let them that name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Amen. So, he says, these people, their heart is far away. They honor him with the lips, but their heart is far away. And it says, how be it in vain do they worship me? Okay, so their worship of God is in vain. It says, how be it in vain do they worship me? Teaching the doctrines and commandments of men. Now, a lot of people mistranslate this. Yeah. They misquote this. They misquote this. I, I, I will explain to you. Because they, they'll say uh, the doctrines of men in relation to this scripture, and this thing, and they'll say, <laughs> God help us. Let me, let's continue. Let's see what commandments of, of God he's looking. He says, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold on, ye hold to the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things ye do. Okay. And he said to them, full well ye reject the commandment of God. So I told you your worship of God must be on the basis of the word of God. You can't say that I am sleeping with someone to the glory of God or I'm doing certain things which are against the will of God, to the glory of God. You understand? So, they teach commandments of men. Okay? And when we say commandments of men, don't skew it to only the things the Pharisees did, that as in washing the pots, and this, that, that. We are talking about anything that does not have biblical rooted, and I mean sound doctrinal issues. Okay? Sound doctrinal issues. Uh, sound doctrinal standards, I mean. You understand right now people have so many different ways of worshiping god including giving their pastors money uh they, they have so many ways of worshiping god so many ways of he says that and he said unto them full well ye reject the commandment of god that ye may keep your own tradition so some of the traditions are 
that people want to dress anyhow, people want to live anyhow, and they'll tell you that God, the worship of God is in the heart. God looks at the heart and this is that, that they reject the commandment of God to keep their own tradition. I mean, you know, every time people use the scripture, they 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 forget to look in our modern day, they look at the Pharisees. And they look at the tradition of the Pharisees and they are talking, they think it's just about them. You to what tradition are you forsaking the commandments of God just to keep the posture, the, the things you do, your attitudes, your response to uh biblical issues and all that. The compromise you've been compromising. He says they want to keep their own tradition, so they reject the commandment of God. When you know you are rejecting the commandment of God in any way, know that. You are not worshipping. You are not worshipping. You are being a hypocrite. He says that, For Moses said, Under thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth the father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, it is common, that is to say, a gift. So the common, the, the, the Pharisees used to take command. Okay, let's say seed. Let's call it seed. Okay. They used to take command. Because to their prophet, this is to their prophet, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. Okay, it is to their prophet, so that he shall be free. Okay, and ye suffer him to do, so ye suffer him no more to do unto his father and mother, making the word of God not effect through your tradition. So, you see, a lot of people quote this thing, making the God word of God not effect through your tradition, and they say, uh, because um, we try to live righteous or something. We are making the God of uh, word of God non-effect through your tradition. Look, look at the context. He's talking about the fact that in order to satisfy the priests, in order to uh, for their own lustful desires, in order to they were pointing to self, they do certain acts and they make it look, they spiritualize it. They don't know it is to self. It isn't the worship of God, it is not a gift to the priest or anything, but to satisfy self, they do those things. And he says, you are making the word of God not effect by your tradition. So the emphasis of God here about the teachings of men or the commandments of men are the things that end up pointing us to self. They end up pointing us what? To self. Making the word of God not effect through your tradition. Through your tradition. The things you believe and the things you want to hold on to. For example, it is common. It is common. You know that uh, this thing, it, it, you, <laughs> you just don't want to help that person. So you, by force, you are giving it as tight or you are giving it as a seat. When you see people who need help, you don't help them, but you can go and give it out. Uh, in house of God, that yes, uh, this that 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 please, uh, of late I'll be hearing these things, and they say, Oh, the, your money is supposed to come to the house of God, and the poor you always have the poor, please. Uh, God wants to help that poor person. Do you understand? God wants you to help that poor person, God wants you to do your duty to whoever you are supposed to do your duty to. You understand. Do your duty to whoever, so you can't uh, you can't curse your father or your mother, or you can't maltreat your father or your mother, or you can't treat people wrongly. Now, it's not even just about giving to people who need. Okay, that is not the emphasis. It, it's not about that. But 
things that are your obligation. You can't forsake it and forsake it in the name of the Lord. In in the in, in to say you are worshiping the Lord. No, you are only keeping your things that pertain to self. And you are you are you are you are wrapping it in Christ. You understand? So so uh our worship there are a lot of people who their worship it is not accepted by God. It is not accepted by God. He says people who worship him worship him in spirit in truth. You cannot leave the commandments of God and subscribe to your own tradition and see some of the people who uh, they they go and do scamming and they come and give offering with the same. They they come they come and dance 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 that God has helped them scam a white man and they come and give tithes. Someone was speaking to me and he said that his pastor said it doesn't matter how you got the money once you give some to God once you give your tithes that is that pastor is not thinking about you he's thinking about how you get money from you says once you give your tithes it is it is all right. Doesn't matter how you got the money. So you forsake the commandment of God. You reject the commandment of God. We want to keep our own tradition, our own selfish attitudes, and all that. We want to do what is wrong, and then we come and then we present it as our worship. Malachi chapter one verse six. We see something interesting in uh, Malachi. Let's let's go to Malachi. Can someone post it? Uh, okay, let me go there with my Bible. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 downwards. Okay. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Okay, so it says, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. Now, in fact, before we come to the book of Malachi, okay, I want to establish something. The book of Peter, okay, first Peter chapter 2 tells us that we also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. Let's leave that. And Holy Priesthood, let's leave that. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Okay. So we should know, you see, when we read our base scripture, which was Second Kings chapter 17, we came to understand that. We shall fear him and we shall worship him and what we shall do unto him sacrifice okay so the book of first peter is here telling us that we are built we as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices okay what god wants is spiritual sacrifices back then they used to sacrifice goats bulls and everything okay and that was only a shadow of what God wants. So God is indeed interested in those sacrifices. But then, whatever happened before Christ brought the revelation of uh, the full revelation of the, the the Old Testament was in a shadow. Okay? But when any man shall turn to the Lord, that veil that is on the face, when he reads the Old Testament, it is taken off. That veil that he is on the face, when he reads the law, is taken off. So, we come to understand that it was not just about physical booze and all those things. There was a spiritual emphasis that God was looking at. He says we offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God 
by Jesus Christ. So whatever worship I'm going to uh, offer must be on the license of Jesus Christ and his finished work for me. Okay, we'll go back to Malachi chapter 6 downwards. Okay, so what are the spiritual sacrifices that we as priests are supposed to offer? Romans chapter 12 verse 1. You, are all, you all know this thing. Let's if, Okay, we can't say it together. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, what? That ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable service. So it's very interesting. So we see in First Peter that we are a holy priest and we are supposed to offer sacrifices. And we see in 12, uh, Romans chapter 12 that those sacrifices we are supposed to offer is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. It, it's very deep. It's very deep. As a living sacrifice. He, he knows why he said living sacrifice because every sacrifice is supposed to be dead. Of course, we kill it. It's supposed to be dead. So that just in case we have some people who decide to uh, misinterpret the Bible and take someone and kill them or kill themselves. He says, a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. So while you are alive and breathing, the Bible makes us understand that the life we live is not our own. It is Christ. He says, I'll be crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith through the Son, through Jesus Christ, who loved me and gave his life for me. Okay, so we are living sacrifices. We are dead, but we are living through Christ Jesus. So he says that we should offer our body as living sacrifices. Uh, you've seen how the Bible says that mortify the desires of the flesh, kill the desires of the flesh. We are offering ourselves up daily. And he says this is your reasonable act of service. Other versions will say this is your reasonable worship. You understand? That what you will offer, you offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So when in the book of 2 Kings 17, chapter 36, uh, sorry, 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 36, when the Lord, uh, when, when, when the writer was saying that we should, we, we, we should fear him and we should worship him and to sacrifice. He was expounding on what fear leads to. He knows that fear leads to the fact that we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. We are offering our body as living sacrifices. That means your body is not your own and you cannot use the body the way you want to use it. Your body is not your own. So listen, before you decide to worship God with your lips, God is expecting that your life is a worship unto him, that your, your whole life is worship. Unfortunately, now you should know the requirements for a sacrifice. Okay, When you are going to make sacrifices unto God, God had certain expectations of what should be offered to him. You don't take just anything. He wants uh, an animal without blemish, right? And I said all these things are shadows of, of the spiritual sacrifice that God was expecting. So if God wanted an animal without blemish, that means he wants you without blemish. He wants you holy. Do you understand? He wants you holy. Not the holiness God has worked in. No, 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 not that one. It is the holiness that you are living in. Do you understand? The holiness that you are living in. Because... 
ask for the love, whether you brought a, a, a goat with an eye defect or whatever, the presence of God sanctifies that. He can sanctify it. So he was looking at something pertaining to us, not to him. He says what? Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. You are offering your body as the living sacrifice. So whatever offering we offer to God, we know that there are certain characteristics he wants. There are certain characteristics what we offer that which is good unto God. Do you understand? So if you are supposed to offer yourself or your life as a living sacrifice, can you look at your life today and say that this is the sacrifice God wants? Or you look at your life today and you have to compare it to a goat with one leg cut off and one eye removed and with so many spots. Say that this is your spiritual act of worship. This is your reasonable service. Your reasonable service. This is the worship that God desires. This is the worship that God desires. Remember, when we're reading the book of, uh, of, of, of Mark chapter 7, we, Isaiah was saying what? There are people under me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. People who don't offer themselves as living sacrifice, they are the people who sing, they sing, and their voices are so good. And we we say about the presence of the Lord was mighty in the place, but their hearts are far away from God. A lot of people. That is not the generation of people God is in search of. He says he is seeking people who worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and truth. Remember, we're dealing with fear. And we came to see that for a person's life to be unblemished, the person must fear God. That means it is until we fear God that we can offer, that we can offer that living sacrifice, which is without blemish. That reminds me, let's go to the, the, the book of um, Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. I told you today it's going to be short. So I'm just doing a short expose. Okay. Book of Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 downwards. Let's read. Okay. So it says, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be the father, where is my honor? And if then I be the master, where is my fear? So God is expecting us to fear him or revere him. Okay. It says, If I am your father, where is my honor? Where is the honor you give me as a father? Where is the uh, fear you give to me as a master? Where is the reverence you give to me as a master? Say the Lord of hosts, all priests that despise my name. Uh, do you remember that the book of First Peter was telling the first Peter chapter 2, verse 5? He says that you are an holy priesthood, you are a spiritual house, and holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. So now he's speaking to the priest, he is speaking to you. He speaks, he says that all priests that despise my name and say, Wherein have we despised? In fact, I want to read. In NIV, someone should send it in NIV. I want to read NIV, it's better. So, send Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, and send it all the way to send up to 13. Yes, Malachi 1, 6 to 13. Please let me pass. I want NIV, I want to read from NIV. Okay. Please, whoever is sending this should be quick with it. Good. Thank you. So, I'm reading. It says that, okay, so it is you, priest, who show contempt for my name. Okay? 
says it is you priest who show contempt for my you despise my name and you say but you ask how have we shown contempt for your name and this is what he says so he's saying that if when when uh he says that you the priest or you those who call yourself the priest you remember the priesthood that god has said he says you are the ones who show contempt for my name you despise my name you dishonor my name and you will ask him, how have we done that? How and this is why people on that day don't say we did this in your name, we did that in your name, and he will still not know them. He's telling you the reason why. He says that by offering defiled food on my altar. So you could have been acting as a priest, you could have been acting as a Christian, oh, healing people, oh, doing this, oh, working miracles. But he says that you have shown contempt to me, and you ask me how, and this is what I'll say. You've offered defiled food on my altar. You, but you ask, how have we defiled you? Then he says, by saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, he's looking at the type of sacrifice that, you see, it is what is sacrificed, okay, that may defile that altar, okay? When, when you offer defiled food, you defile the altar. So they are saying, how did we defile you? Remember, you, it is your life that we are placing on the altar. So he says that when you offer blind animals, is it not wrong? When you offer lame or deceased animals, is it not wrong? Wow. Someone is... Um, excuse me. Okay, sorry for that. Uh, I had a video call. I needed to cut it. Okay, so he says that you've offered defiled food. Okay, you ask how we defiled you. And then uh, this is what he says about the defilement. He says that when you offer blind animals on for a sacrifice, is it not wrong? When you offer lame or deceased animals, is it not wrong? He says, try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? So when you live your life anyhow, try offer it to your governor. Try offer it to your parents. Try offer it to your rulers. Do they, are they happy with it? But when it comes to you and God, you live your life anyhow. You live your life anyhow. He says that with such surface, verse 9, now plead the Lord to be gracious with us. He says that with such sufferings from your heart, your hands, will he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. If this is what you have to give to him, will he accept you? Do you expect God to accept your life? That is a life of fornication. It, it reminds me of what the book of First Corinthians, verse uh, is it is it verse 10? Yes, verse 10 says how that people partake in the table of idols or in the food of idols and he says that they who partake in the altar of the lord okay are, are one with the lord those who partake in it so if you are partaking in the altar and you are one with that altar or you partake in the lord and you are one with the lord and you also go and partake in uh with, with an idolater or a fornicator or whatever he says that are, are you trying to make the lord one with the fornicator how do you expect me to accept you and he says that, oh, that one of you will shut the temple doors. 
so that you would not light any useless fires on my altar. You you would not like some of your songs you are singing are useless fires. He says, I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offerings from your hand. I will accept your no offerings. He says, My name will be great among the nations, and where the sun rises to from where the sun rises to where it sets, in every place incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord. But you profaned by saying, the Lord's table is defiled, and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden, and you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord. And it continues, when you bring injured, lame, or diseased animal and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hand? This is a question to you today. This is a question from God to you today. When you live your life anyhow, when you decide to engage in all forms of immorality and all forms of things pertaining to self, and you come and cry, Lord, I give you my heart. Should God receive that heart of yours? He's asking you, is this the heart you want to give me? Is this the heart you want to give me? That is the question of God to you. That is the question of God to you. That's what I'm saying that before you even bring your song, make sure you've offered your life and even sacrifice. Every day we die flesh. Every day we multiply the desires of our flesh. Every day what we seek to do is to please our king. Whatever we do. And listen, we are doing all this based on the grace that God has made available to us. Because it's God who made us that holy priesthood? You understand me? It is God who made us that holy priesthood. We are doing everything based on the workings of God in our life. He says that you also as lively stones have built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer. He has already made you and given you the capacity. Why do you decide to offer things that are not worth it? Those people, it's not that they didn't have correct sheep they had correct sheep they decided to offer bad sheep it is not that you cannot live a life of faithfulness towards god or you cannot live the life god wants you to live it's not that you cannot be godly it's not that god hasn't worked there is so much resources that god has domiciled in your spirit but then what you decide to give to him is the chaff of your life it's the chaff of your life and you run to god when you are in trouble and you run to God where you're in trouble. Before you open your mouth to sing, close your heart to sing. Write this down. I said to sing. Close your heart to sing. In fact, I, this this is this is a serious matter. I have to post it so that you see what I'm saying. Before you open your heart to sing, your mouth to sing. Make sure you close that your heart to sing. And put it on the pitch. Do you understand? Don't, don't, if you see the reason why a lot of people cannot be true worshippers that God seeks. Okay. And remember, true worshippers are they that worship in spirit and in truth. And we know that if we are worshiping in spirit and in truth, it encapsulates the fact that we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. That means we live based on the word of God. Our worship is based on the word of God. We are not looking at some part of us being the worship, but our whole life. 
being worship unto God. Okay, being unto God. So when we we when 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 you decide, you decide not to live according to the principles of God or the the demands of God. You should know that you're, you've not begun worshiping. You've not begun worshiping. But a lot of us, I don't know who did that. We still worship to some 30 minutes of crying and singing heart-soothing songs. We, 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 we still worship to that. That is, only, that is only an act of your worship. Because your whole life is supposed to be worship. Your whole life is supposed to be the sacrifice. Now, from that sacrifice, everything that comes out is sweet-smelling incense unto God. Everything that comes out of a life that is uh, is on the altar is sweet smelling incense unto God. So even if you 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 talk, it is worship unto God. When you smile, it becomes worship unto God. Why? Because everything that every effervescence that comes from that sacrifice is it is sweet to God. It's sweet smelling incense to God. It is sweet smelling incense unto God. Abel offered. A much more better sacrifice by faith. And remember, faith, the greatest form of faith, okay, I'm going to say this again. The greatest form of faith. I've seen people <laughs> say it is given and it is this and it is that. Whatever they'll say, sure, sure, sure. But the greatest form of faith that any man can show, any man can display. Is to live for Christ. Do you hear that? The greatest form of faith any man can express is living to please the Lord. Living to please the Lord. This is this is deep. I pray that God will open your eyes to understand what this means. I pray that God will open your eyes and your mind to understand the greatest form of faith is living to please God. If you are doing anything that is not living to please God, know that you are lost. 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 We want to live that we will please God. That is the greatest act of faith. So, we are offering that living sacrifice. I pray for you. God should help you. Let God help us. That will offer our lives. That before we have a song to sing, we will have a heart to give. Before we have a song to sing, we'll have a heart to give. These days, people sit down and they write lyrics, write lyrics, write lyrics, write lyrics. <laughs> if your whole life is aligned to the purposes of God and is living, you are living in subjection to God, you will not sit down to write lyrics. That you, you, you will not have to sit down and for a whole day, you are trying to fix it, which will sound nice, when which instruments will be used in this and make it feel so best. No, 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 no. When, when you even talk to people, it will be a worship unto God. It says, let your light so shine. But that men will see your good works, that God will be glorified. That means every aspect of our life should communicate Christ and communicate God that he will be glorified. That he will be glorified.
that pertains to you. Your academics, offer it. It is worship. Your relationship, offer it. It is worship. You see, you see, in whatever we do, we are doing, we, we should be able to point back at God. So if you are in a relationship and uh, the relationship is against, you are doing things against the word of God or it's against the will of God, you should know that you are not a true worshiper. You are not a true worshiper. Because when you offer yourself as that living sacrifice, you are part of those animals that don't have an eye or don't have a nose or you are spotted. You have blemish. You have blemish. Uh, but God will help us. God will help us. God will help us. God will help us. When you read the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 29, verse 27 to 29, someone should put it on the page. I think this is the last scripture I'll give you, and then we'll pray a short while. Second Chronicles, chapter 29, verse 27 to 29. It says that, And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also a trans trumpet. <laughs> Did you see what happened? Where when the offering was made on the altar, that is when okay, when there was an offering on the altar, that is when the song began. But a lot of people began their song, and there is no offering on the altar. A lot of people have begun their song, and there is no offering on the altar. A lot of people have begun their song, and there is no offering on the altar. Lord began also a trumpet, and the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshipped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded, and all the and all this continued. Till until the bed offering was finished, and all this continued. They, they continued singing until the bed offering was finished. And when they had made an end to the offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. You see that the thing that was much more important here was that there was an offering on the altar, even before their worship. Even before their worship, they are the 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 offering has been completely burnt. They are complete. The people you must die to self completely. You must die to self completely. That is where your worship comes from, from a submitted heart, from a submitted life to God. That is where true worship comes from. You understand me? That is where your true worship comes from. Sorry, I, I was being distracted. Okay, so let's take note of these things. Let's take note of these things. Let's take note of these things. If we fear God and if we offer the worship that he desires, there is a need that our life be placed on the altar. That our life be placed on the altar every day. Every day, it is not a one-time thing. It is an everyday issue that we submit every part of our life unto God. 
as living sacrifices. I want us to pray shortly. I want us to pray shortly. God teach us to lay our lives to the altar and not to present sacrifices with blemish. Lord, teach us to lay our lives on the altar and not to present sacrifices with blemish. In the name of Jesus, you can you can repeat yourself. Now you are telling God, God teaches that we will live like you want us to live. We will live according to your word. We live according to your principles. That we will be the true worshippers that you seek. That we will be the true worshippers that you seek. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord 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 Jesus. That we are receiving a day moment. That we are held up your spirit. That we are held up your spirit. That even as we tap into the resources which are domiciled in our spirit, Lord, we are enabled to live as you desire and to offer ourselves. Please, oh God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. We thank you in Jesus' name. Now, uh, I want to make mention of something before I close you guys. We'll pray at 12, by the way. We'll pray at 12. Please, a lot of you, you don't have it. Please, let there be another 12 to pray, okay? 
Just be around at 12 to pray. We'll be praying for souls. Okay. We'll be praying for souls. Just be around at 12 and pray. Okay. Now, uh, it is important to note that music is a part of worship. As I already established, man, I said that we God is looking for a life. God is looking for your heart. He's not looking for great lyrics. So you can sing good lyrics and your heart is singing uh, horrible things to God. Your heart is saying different things, yes. Your heart is saying different things. I pray that the song you sing will be the heartbeat. Yes. The song you sing will be your heartbeat. And those who are in the music ministry here, take note of these things. It is very important. You see, the dimension that you can usher people into. Let me tell you what happens with music ministers. What happens with the music minister is that there's a certain delay that person has had with God. There's a certain pedestal that person is functioning in. Where is that person must draw you into? You understand? We're looking that that person will be able to draw you to that level, that experience that the person has had in the spirit. That is what we do by the music we sing. So when I begin to lead you in worship, I should be able to push you into a certain realm that I am in. That is why there's a need for you to live a pure life. Because you are pushing people into realms that you are navigating in. You understand? That is why it is important that you have a prayer life, a solid prayer life, a solid word life. There are a lot of musicians. They misquote so many scriptures when they are doing the worship. Yes, they misquote so many scriptures. Have a strong word base. And a strong prayer life. It is important for all the music ministers here, Monty and the rest. Have a strong prayer life. Have a strong word life. So that when you begin to speak, you speak the mysteries of God. You sing the mysteries of God. You open up people to certain realities in the realm of the spirit. Yeah, the people are open to certain dimensions. That is why Apostle Arabi will sing. And then still, he, he doesn't have a good voice. But Apostle Arabi sings, you begin to see certain manifestations. That's why people like people on Sunday sing and they usher people into certain realms of glory. People get healed and all that. Why? Because it's not just about the goodness of their voice or their skill that they have. It is important to have skill. David had skill. David was skillful, a skillful player. And God is looking for skillful players. You understand? So you need to be skillful in whatever you are doing. But then there was something much more than that. He was a man of the secret. He was a man of the secret. You understand? So he had his life offered as a living sacrifice. And when he made all trances, they were not the all trances of mere mortals. They were the all trances of God himself. They were the all trances of God himself. You understand? So if you think uh, it is all about skill, you are wrong. You think it is all about prayer, you are almost right. God is deliberate about skill. What happens to uh the the men god told bezalel and Aholiab, he says that i they have this they have the skill they be anointed to have the skill to build the ark to build they are anointed to have the skill to so, so god is particular about skill god is a perfectionist he, he loves that things are made the way he wants it to be done so you learn your instrument well you practice and everything but if you neglect the secret place you you miss out you will sing a lot people will fall on the floor for the caters and they'll rise up for the caters but when you study the band who knows god and the bible says that they that know their god they shall do exploits 
when you are a music minister or you are a worship minister, you are leading people to worship God, and you know that God you are talking about, oh, when you speak, the, when, when you begin to sing, the angels will, will, will have to be present. The, the, the God the, the God you know will manifest himself to the people. I said what? You are looking at bringing people into that pedestal that you are doing sound in. You understand? That is why we offer our lives. Music ministers, I think, be serious about it. And it's not, this is not just for music ministers. Before you go and sing anywhere and lead people to do worship, you, you should have certain understanding into these things. Okay. So, yes, worship is not only about the music. It is far broader. And in everything we do in our life, we should be worshiping God. Music ministers, it's not just about the music. Worship God in everything. When you are off the pulpit, when you are off that stage, I hope that you will be able to represent God and worship God the way you did it on that stage. Let's pray. Father Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful for your love. We are grateful for your spirit. We are grateful for your word. We are grateful for the enablement. We thank you for all the resources, Lord. The word makes us understand that according to your divine power, you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And by this, we know that all the possibilities and all the, the, the resources we need to tap into the possibility of being that living sacrifice without blemish that you desire are made available. Lord, we tap into those resources, even by your spirit. Teach us, O oh Lord, to subject our bodies, O oh God, to your spirit. Teach us, O oh Lord, to multiply the desires of our flesh that we may live as, Lord, you desire. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So God richly bless you. I'll meet you at 12, 12 a.m. We'll be praying for souls. Come ready. Uh, don't, don't listen. Don't go and sleep. Go and do something. Listen to music and pray or something. No, don't sleep. A lot of you, you lie to yourself every day that, oh, I'll wake up at 12 and you don't do it. Please do the right thing. So I love you so much. Have a great night.